0: Welcome to episode number 232 of Destination Linux. Whether you're brand new to open source or a guru of Sudo, this is the podcast for you. My name is Jill, and with me today are Michael, Ryan, and Noah. And so on this week's episode of Destination Linux, we have an interview with Dr. Gerald Pfeiffer, the CTO of SUSE and the OpenSUSE chairman, to discuss OpenSUSE Leap 15.3 and sleeve 15 Service Pack 3. Then we take a look at NVIDIA's recent news that will benefit Linux users. Plus we have our tips, tricks, and software picks. All this coming up right now on Destination Linux. So keep those penguins marching.
1: So we have a quick announcement that we would like to let everybody know about, and that is on July 11th, week after uh, the Fourth of July, obviously, uh, is that we are doing a DLN extended after-show hangout kind of thing where everyone is invited to join us and have a conversation and just you know hang out after the show. So mark your calendars and start promoting it on all of your your social media and everything like that. We're going to be doing it on uh, 3 p.m. Eastern time, right after DL. And we also have another thing that we're planning to do, which is going to be an even bigger event. We're celebrating the 30-year anniversary of... The Linux kernel, which is going to be on August 15th. And that also starts at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, right after DL. And this is going to be a huge event. We're going to be doing all sorts of stuff. We're going to do a a lug fest, a game fest. We're going to be uh, playing uh, games with the community and all sorts of stuff. I
2: can't wait to take Jill out in some
1: games. Uh, last time we did we played the we had the experience of the game fest uh, i remember it going a little bit differently Ryan. yeah jill took us all
2: out but this time i'm going to practice this time this time ready. i'm
1: going to practice right exactly yeah. so uh join us be, be sure to join us on july 11th it's going like a you know if you've never been able to join us for a you know patron post show you can do so on july 11th to kind of experience what it's like and then also on the game fest on august 15th we're going to be having a big Huge event for celebrating the 30 year anniversary of the Linux kernel.
2: So, in our community feedback this week, we go to the DLN forum. If you're not a part of the forum, you're missing out. Lots of amazing Linux discussions going on there every single week. So, go to dlnforum.com. There was an interesting thread that was created by the community. And I want to mention this is not scientific. I just found it interesting Mm -hmm. when I pulled it out. Okay. Because the community created it and they just, the ask was, what distro are you running? And everybody responded with the distros that they were working. And the first thing that I did is I started manually counting because I'm like, oh, you know, I want to create the data and see which distros are kind of the most popular with those that are using the forum. But then I realized how that was just taking way too long. So then I went and just kind of did some searches and abandoned the manual count and put some numbers up Fair of what decision. the feedback was it was just taking too long to Yeah, count, i I, could, I i could
1: see that i could see that it was yeah. over
2: 600 replies in there which Aww. were was was really interesting and i think we're going to put an official post up at some point where we're going to do a poll so we can get something a little more scientific of what distros our community yeah. is using but i think the most surprising thing for me let me let me list out the top distros by keyword search, meaning the ones that came up the most often. It was Manjaro, Ubuntu, Arch, Debian, Fedora, Linux Mint, and OpenSUSE. So Yay. those are the top distros that people were using there. I was surprised at how many people on that distro used Arch. That was the biggest surprise for me there. Like all of those to me are some of your, those are your core main distros. I'm not surprised. Uh, that they're represented so much, but Arch was really represented there. So we have a lot of people in our community
1: uh, in the Arch. Base. You know what that shows to me? That memes are successful. By the way, I use Arch. Yes, meme. exactly. Yeah, exactly. Arch. If the
2: distro wants to become more popular, they need a good meme. Yeah, start a meme, and
1: it will be helpful.
2: <laughs> By the way, I tumbleweed. Something like that. It probably shouldn't
1: know? be the exact same meme. Maybe something else. Okay. Is open. <laughs> Roll with me on Tumbleweed or something like that. I don't know.
2: Looking at these numbers, Jill, you've got other distros here represented with, you know, very small percentage uh, of user base. But Linux Mint also surprised me. There were so many Mint users out there. Did that surprise you at all?
0: No, actually, no, because I know a lot of people introduce Linux to new users with Linux Mint. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's a good point. <laughs> oh, and their flash drive, their live flash drive runs really fast, and it has one of the fastest installers. Yeah, there's
1: a, there's a lot of uh, issues on this list that were it was really interesting to see, and the, also the order mm-hmm. what they were in, and like uh, I do think that the yeah. arch, the amount of people who are using arches is, is really interesting, uh, and also the fact that Fedora is you know climbing up that ladder, and uh, and also mm-hmm. again uh, just a real quick, not scientific in any way whatsoever. That it's just, we're just going, we just thought it was an interesting thing to see, because this has been happening over the past few months or so, when the community just decided to create this thread, and we just thought it was really interesting, and we are going to be creating a more scientific, however completely not scientific uh, poll to see if, if, if like we can kind of gauge more information in people who are listening in the audience. Uh, we're going to be putting a link in the show notes. So if you want to check out and like have a, you know, put your uh, experience on it, if you're not already a part of the deal forum and haven't been able to contribute on this thread yet, we're going to make a new poll and survey kind of thing. So you can participate. And I would be, would love to see, you know what the experience for the, the destination Linux community and audience is, what type of distro you have and how you have experienced linux as you know throughout your journey
3: i'm going to make a shameless self plug here for linuxdelta.com this is the one of the original reasons we put the site together was because it's it's sometimes it's difficult to rank or compare linux distros together right so for example mm-hmm. i might really like ubuntu for desktop. But then when I go to servers, I might use CentOS or maybe it's an embedded IoT device that I'm putting on a Raspberry Pi. And so it's one of the things I'm going to set it up and leave it and I'm not really going to touch it. And so for that, maybe I'm using Debian. And so it, it I think it becomes difficult to try to compare and contrast um, what the advantages or disadvantages are of a given distro. And so sometimes that tends to skew things like, yeah, there are more Ubuntu machines. This is something Canonical says all the time, right? There are more Ubuntu machines in production than any other distro okay but how many of those are just because it was by default and came with a thing or was started with a thing? Is that really what people are preferring on their desktop, which is what we ask when we mean, what is the most popular uh, distributions? I'll just give a, a a plug there for Linux Delta if you, want, if you want that information. Being able to present it in any way you want so you can organize and say, hey, I want to see what the five-star ratings for desktop or five-star for server or five-star for IoT and those kinds. What Over- I like overall, to do with Linux
2: Delta too is to go in and actually read the reviews as well. So you get to see the nice kind of star rating for it but I like to read their comments and see what the individuals of those distros find particularly Mm -hmm. interesting to them or why they love it or maybe why they don't like it and that kind of helps me when I'm wanting to distro hop kind of determine well they like it because of this, but that's not something I'm really looking for, but it's cool. A lot of people like it. So that's, yeah, that feature, yeah, they give like the like reasons
3: it. as to why. Yeah. So shameless plug, shameless plug for LennySalta.com. Check that out. Hey, no matter how you communicate with us, though, we love hearing from you. It's you that makes the show great. You notice the feedback sections, the DLN form, all, all of the community resources. These are all things that happen because of you, the audience. So we want you to get involved. And the way to do that, there's a very specific recipe. You're going to have to stick with me. You have to get your mm-hmm. official DLN mug. You have to fill it with some coffee or my f- personal favorite, which is bubbly. Sit down at your nearest <laughs> stool. Send an email to comments at destinationlinux.org unless it's a complaint about the show, in which case that goes to Michael at destinationlinux.org. <laughs> we want you to join the community forum, participate in the discussion. Then you don't have to wait for Michael to get back to you. You can just complain to him right on the forum. You go there. Uh, yeah, exactly. DLNforum.com. Uh, hashtag I love you Michael yes (laughs) that's how you (laughs) complain hashtag I love you Michael This episode of Destination Linux, it's brought to you by DigitalOcean. You knew this was coming. It's because of DigitalOcean's app platform service. Everybody has heard of DigitalOcean's app platform service. Why? Because whether you're working on Node.js, Python, Go, PHP, Ruby, or static sites, it doesn't matter. The app platform has support for your product. And that means that you simply point your DigitalOcean droplet to your GitHub or GitLab repository and let DigitalOcean do the rest they handle everything the infrastructure the app runtimes the dependencies you can push code into production with just a couple of clicks and that's all thanks to digital oceans platform that allows you to scale apps automatically they handle everything else for you so they take care of the renewing the ssl certificates and protecting your app from the ddos attacks when people get uh you know a little hot and feisty all of the code can be run with little to no customization and this is the best part because you're listening to this year podcast, the destination Linux podcast. And because you're a member of the deal and community, you were a member of the deal and community just by listening to this podcast. Today you learned you're going to get a hundred dollars credit. See what happens when you're a community member? A hundred dollars credit. <laughs> How do you get that? Well, you go to do.co slash DLN. Do.co slash DLN. They're not even going to make it type out the com. It's just do.co slash DLN. The slash DLN tells them a couple things. It says, hey, I really got a lot of good information out of the Destination Linux podcast. B, Noah read the the, the link the right way enough times. Do.co slash DLN. And it's stuck and I typed it into my web browser. So now I want my hundred dollars. The third thing it does is it tells DigitalOcean that, that them sponsoring us, helping us make the show, That's valuable to you. Oh, by the way, you get $100 credit. Did I mention that part? You can take that $100 credit by going to do.co slash DLN. You can spin up anything from their $5 droplets all the way up to a monster droplet. And you could run that for like a couple of seconds. It's super powerful. do.co slash DLN. That's do.co slash DLN. And a huge thanks for DigitalOcean for sponsoring this episode of Destination Linux.
1: Back in February, on episode 212 of Destination Linux, we were joined by Dr. Gerald Pfeiffer, the CTO of SuSE and the OpenSuSE Chairman. And today, we are excited because, despite all of our si- silliness that happened on that episode, he decided to come mm-hmm. back. So, Gerald, welcome back to the Destination Linux podcast.
4: Thanks. Good to be back. Um, and perhaps oh. I- like off. I like one it. of Yay. us.
1: I like one of us. <laughs> <laughs> well, so SUSE Linux Enterprise uh, 15 Service Pack 3 uh, has been released and it now has a binary sharing factor with OpenSUSE Leap 15.3. This is something I've been excited about since it was announced as the Jump Project a while back, but SUSE probably has heard enough of my feedback for this. So I'm curious what's been the reception mm-hmm. and feedback from the community about this change?
4: super positive. I mean, and and define community, right? Especially when we're talking OpenSUSE and talking SUSE Enterprise, there's like literally lots of communities um, out, out there. It's the open source users, it's current customers, it's people who were starting to look into Linux, it's it's developers. And this bringing together is something that really resonates. And, and that's always nice. You know, you have a plan, you have an idea, you think this is the best things in sliced bread and then you do it and maybe it works and maybe it doesn't and and this one definitely looks like one that's getting the attention and getting the positive feedback and 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 use that we we had hoped for actually how quickly do you know just
2: out of curiosity because i know you've you've been in these communities for a long time you worked in these communities how quickly do you know when you've made a decision that this is not a positive one or maybe that it is a positive one like how quickly do you get that feedback?
4: That's a tricky one. I mean, one, one easy guess or one first sensor is when we actually anything we do on the SUSE side, um, when we talk with colleagues on the sales side or on the marketing side and share it with them, and they they become excited. And that's because they also have obviously as CTO, I've I've lots of customer contacts and open SUSE. That gives me like the best of both worlds: customers, communities, open source. Um, but I think there is a distribution factor. You know how many people they touch, how how they have lots of conversations every week. So when you share something and they and they go like, "Wow, this is really cool! Can we do this faster?"
2: Right. You know, you've um, kind of nailed it when it, everybody's it. instantly on board with the the concept. Yeah, I mean,
4: yet. but sometimes. I mean, you know that you are, you have been in open source for most most of you for quite a while. Sometimes the best feedback you get is the absence of critique, too.
2: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that's an interesting perspective. Yeah, that's totally. That's true. a compliment is hearing nothing at all. That is yeah.
4: true. And like, okay, that must have been an awesome, you know, we did very well because nobody nobody is complaining. This <laughs> one's actually different. This one, um, this bringing together OpenSUSE Leap, SUSE Links Enterprise is where we really got, very good take up, and I curiously because um, Leap Fifteen Three released early this month, so there has been some press coverage, and and everything I I could find, and I I checked a little bit yesterday and today was just positive, That's neutral fantastic. to neutral was the worst, but most of them were actually um, actively positive, which which is a good indication also that, yeah. that you're off plan something. came
2: together, you're on the right track, everybody's loving yeah. it. Type of thing. Yep.
0: Yeah. Now that you know, Leap 15 and Leap 15 SP3 are now both available to use, and these two distros are even closer together, yay, than ever before. Tell us why these releases are noteworthy from a strategic standpoint for SUSE. I
4: mean, open source and and in Linux in particular has been spreading over mm-hmm. over the last 20 years, over the last well, more than 20 but really you know on the commercial side it's been 20 years and and going um and what that means is the use cases and the users become ever more diversified i mean geographically um from the you know there's linux in space um there's kubernetes in space even to heavy commercial very de- very you may or may not know it's it's using linux right with google everyone knows they're powering the data centers with Linux, but many stock exchanges are using a traffic control, whatnot. One tricky part then becomes, can you can you have one size fits all? And so there is a plethora of Linux distros on the one hand, but there's also Linux existing Linux distros or the, the bigger, more mature ones need to become more flexible, more adaptive. And so maybe you take the same distro but it's, a, it's got a pattern where you can really shrink it down to put into an IoT device or you run a mainframe or a supercomputer on essentially the same thing. So that is a technical issue. That's a technical factor. The other factor is the people using Linux have become more diverse. And so there is obviously, mm-hmm. there's the IT departments and there is the community people um, who do that in their spare time. But... What we're seeing more and more, especially now that um, with all the container adoption, because frankly, you know, container, who runs containers on something different than Linux these days? it, it I mean, it's really the, a very small minority. And so what we have is developers, and sometimes they, they sit a little in between, because if you're a developer, do you want to start and getting enterprise subscriptions where, you know, you need you get twenty four seven and and all those things, but you need to purchase. And so there is a step. there is an investment, there is there is a process if you're in a company, or you just want to download something, right? And so um, part of of the exercise then becomes how can you bridge that? How can you still offer an have an enterprise offering on the one hand, but makes things easily available for developers? Mm-hmm. And when you develop something, and you then need to bring it into production to make that easy. So that it's not like, oh yeah, we developed it on here, but now we need to test again and rebuild and make changes so that it can get in the, in, in, into production. And so finding a way where you spend this, not just technically, but from an access perspective, a contribution perspective, from you know the developer in Outer Novosibirsk to to the guy who runs it in his data center, and you can use the same bits and you build it once and then you deploy it here or you deploy it there. Um, I think that that's a real um, that's becoming more and more important. I think and that's, that's what really
2: ultimately I think One of the, the way the that partners. you're representing that because it, it's mm-hmm. to me it's even a digital divide issue. So in one case you have a kid who may be growing up and wanting to get into the server world, wanting to understand how to build these containers and clusters and things, but they can't afford a license for these more expensive uh, operating systems uh, or ones that require a license for you to deploy them, to have a real world experience with. Even somebody, though, that's not a kid, an adult who's growing up, they want to change careers. They want to get into server administration. They want to get into... Uh, learning about containers and these things. They now have a platform that's completely free that they can go play on, experiment on, build on, and have real-world education on that they can then apply in the workforce later down the road because of combining things like this. It's, It's even further than the technology standpoint. I think from a digital divide standpoint, it also brings the community and developers and anybody who wants to one step closer to that.
4: Yeah. You remove barriers, you re- remove technical barriers, social barriers, wherever barriers are, let's bring things together and communicate, right? Because this is this is also about community in a different way. And this is about collaboration. And that's what I, in this particular case, find so exciting. It's collaboration goes both ways. It's working together. It's like, we provide this. And if you look at look at Leap and, and Susan's Enterprise, then... The the lower half of the cake, if you want, comes from the Susan X Enterprise side and, and the upper half of the cake mm. comes from the OpenSUSE side. Ultimately, it's the same cake here and, and, and here. So whatever you want to run on that cake, and that's where the, the analogy breaks down a little.
1: No, it's just different <laughs> icing. That's to, all. That's
4: <laughs> whatever you want to run on top, um, <laughs> finds the same environment, right? And yeah. that's and yeah, giving the kid giving the kid the opportunity to experience something that's essentially what they could then um, then use at work later on. I think that's great. But also, you know, making something that's really enterprise enterprise class ready but rich at the same time available to people who are not as geeky as we are. Right? I mean, I've I've heard all of you use different Linux distros and more so on the bleeding edge, uh, which is totally fine for you. It's it, I'm doing this. I'm running tumbleweed. Yeah. Um, but, but, you know, for like persona family, having something that's a little bit more consistent over time, that's a little bit more predictable, it has a long life cycle. I mean, a life cycle of depends on how you count it, but 60 months and longer. Is a good thing, you know, because for you, if you go to a new version of something overnight, you do an update and it changes a little, you're excited because I have I know I've listened to the podcast.
2: Yeah.
4: You're excited like, ah, this is cool or, oh, wait a minute, this is broken, I'll tell them. But, you know, if this happens to, to my partner or so, that's exciting in, in, an, in another way.
3: Well, it's yeah.
2: unfortunate we can't all be geeks, but you're right. <laughs> and I'll tell you, even though I like using Bleeding Edge, I don't want to support other people using it. So my family right. gets Leap.
3: There, so, yeah. that, that's how it do Actually, I, this is a perfect opportunity. I want to ask, what are the considerations for choosing Leap or SLE? When, when should somebody look at one or the other, decide on one or the other? What are some of the factors somebody would consider?
4: It's got, because it's the same bits, it's got the same quality, it's got a long life cycle, et cetera. So that's all fine. But if you need things like support and services and security certifications and partners to play um, who, who engage and, I mean, the whole ecosystem, then, then it's where you would go for the enterprise version. I mean, if you run your SAP workload or if you run mission critical systems because it's your satellites up in space or uh, or whatever, then probably you want to go for enterprise version to make sure you you have the you have the backing to hold your hand. If it's in your family, you want to install Linux for your partner, for your parents, sisters, brothers, whatnot. I mean, then I would argue Leap is perfect. And that's what I've done, right? Um, Tumbleweeds for... For me, when I'm the geek, Leap is for family. That that for me is the <laughs> <laughs> okay. enterprise is enterprise, right? When it's more mission critical, when you want someone to support you.
2: Totally makes sense. And between those two, the binary packages are the same as we've discussed. However, mm-hmm. there are some differences in the build services that are used in architecture or hardware between, that's supported between Leap and SLE, correct?
4: I mean, that's a nuance, (laughs) Yeah. Um, but yeah, so really the the packages are the same. It's the same bits. There is not one bit that's different um, apart from branding, the image you see when the desktop comes up, the background, how the system identifies itself. That's obviously different. Those components that come from one side are literally copied to the other side. So from the from the open side into the enterprise side, for the upper half of the cake, they are made available in a separate repository, and in the lower half of the cake, which is SUSE Enterprise, is copied into the into the build service for for open and then you know the sprinkle and and the branding is put put on top, and it's some system defaults are maybe different, um, and then it's just built inside or outside, where outside means. Um, in in the open open SUSE environment, right. I mean, one way to look at this is I just realized it's like you know you buy from IKEA and you get all the components and they're literally the same, and then you assemble them here and you assemble them there, and I mean you get exactly the same result. Modulo maybe the the cover is a different color or something, but yep. but it literally is the same.
2: So when we talk about The hardware support, because I'm a big hardware person, I'm a huge hardware geek, and one of the things (laughs) that I've been a proponent of for hardware is, of course, more hardware support in the the Linux realm, and it's gotten so much better. But is there a difference in, like, for enterprise, maybe, you know, somebody pays for certain drivers or certain things to get implemented in the enterprise version that is supported from a hardware standpoint that's not going to make its way into Leap or or is that the same as well?
4: Same. If hardware is supported on the enterprise side, it's supported on the Leap side. Love it. In fact, in fact, with fifteen point three, it's not just x eighty six, ar sixty four, so arm sixty um, four, and and power. It's even the mainframe bits are now part of Leap. So there, oh, there's wow. been some volunteers who were interested. So I said, yeah, if you want to, if you want to use the mainframe bits. Be welcome, and so Leap um, Leap is now available on on S four ninety X is is the is the name. Wow! Um,
2: Did you notice how during the mainframe portion, Jill got all excited and was like, "Oh!" Because she's probably one of the
4: few users
2: that actually has a mainframe as a consumer. So
0: yes. <laughs> and uh, speaking of that, real quick, uh, Gerald, um, I know the European Space Agency. Exclusively uses uh, SUSE. so yes. so I know that you you have to have some compatibility there with their special hardware.
4: <laughs> so what we do—it's actually a good point. What we do at SUSE, when we do anything special, and and sometimes it happens, there is special hardware, is other requirements that come in. We always—that's actually a policy we have in inside um, of of our engineering organization. We always develop them in the open. We always offer them um, to contribute to the upstream projects. And then we make it nice. we make it open source and we ship it. And so there is nothing you're holding. Awesome. Um,
3: awesome. There's nothing
4: we're holding back. That's Yay. that's that's really something um, I think this op- this level of openness is something I care about quite a bit.
0: Ah, we can see your passion for that. It's awesome. And uh, another question I have is, what are some of the other changes that have occurred in 15.3 and Service Pack 3 that you are most excited about?
4: <laughs> you know, as, as, as I said, I'm, I'm not using Leap myself because I'm I'm more to the left on the geeky spectrum or to the right. <laughs> I'm not sure how that's where goes. And, and really, the mature for this distro, for this release, the, matur- the maturity of effort has gone into bringing those together um, because there were differences. There were things that were merged from OpenSUSE into SLEE. There were things that um, were merged on the other side. So, to bring them really, really together, I mean, there's things like there's a completely new XFCE, for example, mm. which I know some of you are using. I- <laughs> Yeah, I heard that. Um, <laughs> you know, we keep we keep rolling things like LibreOffice. There's a lot of machine learning packages that we contributed because that's something we see as one of the bigger trends, um, both on the community side and the enterprise side. So that's where we ensured we just edit edit to the mix, etc. You know, we have this saying: after the releases, before the release. So we actually have started on the planning for 15.4 and and service pack four. And that's probably going to be, in terms of features, um, an an even richer release. So that's that's going to get a new kernel version. That's going to get all new KDE, all new GNOME. There's always the balance, right? Which means when when we're making an update for family, we probably need to stay for coffee um, or or tea and make Mm -hmm. sure they log in and they find everything. (laughs) That's the balance, and that's that's always going to be a balance, and that's why I think. People like you and me, we may not be the total target audience for for something like Leap because it's too...
2: Predictable. It's I too, mean, it's, it's safe. too but
4: reliable it, and too stable. It's too reliable. It's too predictable. Too, you know, nothing goes wrong. I mean, at least that's a plan.
2: Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Well, based on the feedback uh, of the comments I'm seeing in YouTube and other places, lots of great mm. feedback on the work you've done in Leap there. so. Uh, the community agrees with you on that one for sure.
3: Mm-hmm. You know, it's not just you that's doing the work. There's an entire team behind you. Take a little bit to talk about some of the other people that contribute to this project and and what their story is.
4: So first of all, I'm not doing any of the work. I'm just helping. I you know, mean, I'm, I'm I'm bringing water. I'm bringing people together. I'm helping wherever I can. But there is, and, and that's a little tricky because there is, although there's, there's all those volunteers and colleagues, etc. So, so naming naming some of them, um, and forgetting the other 259 is a tricky is a tricky one. Specifically in this context, you know, the spring together, uh, there is there is some I would mention. One is uh, Lubos, who is a release manager for Leap. He's he's been release manager for Leap before we made those changes. So essentially, we you know when we sat together we said, oh let's bring it together. I mean, he was the guy who who carried the brunt of the work because he had to literally package by package um, where there was a difference between the the old leap and the new leap, which is now identical. He had to look at that, find the right people in, you know, employees, community volunteers, uh, employees as community volunteers in some cases, And bring together and see, okay, how do we go about this? How do I get this update onto the enterprise side and negotiate with the product managers? I think Lubos really, for 14, 15 months, has been working on this tireless. Wow. Um, Yeah, so I want to pull him in front of the curtain. Also, I mean, he started to do retrospectives. And so for for development of 15.3, we got, I think, more than 600 responses that he's now diligently working through. And, and the idea is, how can we make it better? You know, How can we make the process better? How can we make the outcome better? How can we communicate better? And, and for me, that's really community and, and open source at its best. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. Um, and then I would say, talking about bringing things together, there's the people on the build service side you know, who, who made sure we actually have this. Yeah, to name one, and it's, that was funny because it for me, was an aha moment that I, I had totally missed. Adrian, he, he approached a couple of us like a week or two ago and said, you know, these are the same now, right? So why in the build service where we offer people to build on other Linux distros in the because in the open or open SUSE build service, you can build for Debian and Fedora and SLEE and open SUSE and, and whatnot. Right. But why do we still have SUSE Linux Enterprise and, and Leap when it's the same,
0: <laughs>
1: Yeah. right? <Is> it? <laughs> for sure, I mean, the, o- the OBS like, is, is a very uh, amazing service to be able to build all of those things yeah, with just one you know, source file, yeah.
4: And it's one of the strengths, and, and Adrian and, and Dirk was another one who helped really with this um, with this rebuilding, but when he then came and said, you know, why do we build everything twice now? Why do they have to build it for SLEE 15 SP3 uh, and leap fifteen three, when it's the same, <laughs> and so now we've got a problem, which is the biggest problem in open source. We've got to find a name, <laughs> 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 because we agreed. Yeah, let's merge this, but now we need to. Um, and I think we're um, what we're going to do is probably doing like a, a public call for call for votes. So ah. there's a number of names that have been proposed, and now we need to see. You know, is it sleep 15? (laughs) Which is not going to be, I hope. Might not. That might not be the best approach. Is it code 15? Is it SUSE 15? Is it...
1: um, SUSE studio? (laughs) SUSE studio. Oh, my
4: (laughs) God. We'll we'll see. But that's a good problem to have. But it it, it shows that, you know, once you start this journey, and that's what, what makes me so so happy and excited once you start a journey like this and you have all those clever and motivated folks there is always another step right you know we thought we were kind of done and then then this one and i'm sure we'll do this and then there's another Mm -hmm. logical step and how can we become better in opening things up how can we become better in communicating and working together I appreciate
2: Thanks. so much you bring in the names of some of those folks. And I know there's hundreds, yeah. so we, we would have to roll credits like star Wars, probably forever. <laughs> everybody on here, but th- there are people who, who work on some major, you know, things that, that stick out in these projects and, um, I just want to thank them too for all their incredible work that they're doing so big shout out to all those folks that made all this possible oh, yeah. I think it's awesome mm-hmm. yeah
1: absolutely and also not even just the the, the jump le- sleep uh, leap stuff but also all the work going on tumbleweed and speaking of tumbleweed I wanted to bring uh, you know more of the conversation towards Tumbleweed because we talked about it a little bit in this. And for those who are not familiar, uh, Tumbleweed is the great rolling release option that OpenSUSE has. And we know a lot of people in our audience are curious about Tumbleweed. So we wanted to talk about it. So how does Tumbleweed fit into the equation? And also, can you settle a debate between myself and Ryan? If a rolling release is always moving, does it ever truly make a release or is it a Schrodinger's Distro type of situation?
2: (laughs) Inquiring minds need to know, right?
1: I think the answer is is
4: yes, and I'll tell you which yes in a second. How does tumbleweed play into that? I would say it's in a way it's the source of eternal youth, Um, because this is really when there's new upstream versions, when there's new things that SUSE engineers drive in terms of file system structure or installation or whatever. This is where it happens. And so this is where you know this is where you are at the front of progress if you want, um, or this is where you always get new things that then finds its way into 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 Lee or Susanix Enterprise. Um, a rolling release, at least in the case of tumbleweed, is a release, but it consists of micro releases, which are I think we usually call them snapshots. So technically, there is a new tumbleweed release every every two days on average uh, depends on a week. Um, and so I would say, and and we don't give those numbers because otherwise the numbers. You know, it, would it would never end pushing. yet. <laughs> 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 well, we do give it the number. So the current one is two zero two one Oh six two five or something like that.
1: Ah, the date based. Okay. Which
4: is, which is ISO date. Um, yeah. Mm. So that's, that's what we're using. So I would say, it's a sequence of very 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 frequent releases it has releases but on the other hand there is no logic in the in, in the sense that from the number or the date you can imply anything you know maybe one release and sometimes it happens brings updates 10 packages and that's it I or think maybe that means
2: i win the debate michael at the end of the day <laughs> maybe <laughs> i mean, I mean uh,
1: it's 2000 sorta maybe yeah.
2: I mean like I won.
1: Okay, sure there are releases, but what about the whole concept of like an individual release of the Snap? okay, sure, we win.
2: Fine. Yeah, I won.
3: <laughs> <laughs> so s-
2: speaking of Leap yeah. and Slee, they're being based on Tumbleweed. So are there migration paths for people who are on Tumbleweed? But they want to go to Leap or sleep and then I guess vice versa as well. If you're on Leap or Sleek, can you then just roll over to Tumbleweed? Is, is everything interoperable?
4: It's not like a regular migration. It's not like you'll find that we propose that people just do that for, for a number of many, many reasons, because there is more stuff on Tumbleweed than than there is Leap. I mean, Leap Leap and Susan's enterprise, if you include PackageUp, which is the Upper layer of the cake, as I as I as I called it, is huge. I mean, it is it, there is a lot in there, but tumbleweed is even bigger. Um, and so, if you migrate, there may be pieces that are not on the on the on the leap or side. But I've done it. I I once installed, actually upgraded recently. I installed a system tumbleweed for for a friend because there. I don't recall what it was, but there was something. It was very specific. It was Very, very new hardware that you couldn't even get in Europe at that point. And so I went for tumbleweed, but then they got a little tired about getting big updates all the time, because that's one of the disadvantages of a rolling release is there is like you get lots of updates, right? (laughs) (laughs) And then, you know, there is changes in the user interface regularly because there's always a new version of... I mean, multiple times a year is a new version of GNOME or KDE or this or this or that. It was very actually smooth because it didn't use, you know, any fringe stuff. And so you can easily move. For you folks, like a no-brainer. I'm not aware of a graphical tool that does that or anything, but it's like changing a configuration file, the repositories, and then running a superdub, which, which updates the system. Um, and I don't think I've done it the other way, but that that should work easily. It should work easily. Sounds like a fun
2: science experiment we can play with here. But (laughs) I think it's awesome that it's even capable. It reminds me of the story Michael tells a lot where you didn't update tumbleweed, Michael, for like, how long was it? At
1: least eight months, something like that. Eight out of, out of mm-hmm. a purposeful experience experiment to see what would happen, because most of the time rolling release distros
2: that's like an instant can, break. Yeah, mm-hmm. cannot do
1: that. <laughs> and so like the reason I tell the story often is because it's it blows my mind every time I think about it. Because with, with Tumbleweed, I go through this process and it, you know, eight months later I look into it and it says, You have twenty seven hundred packages to I'm like, well, that's gonna destroy itself. Of course it will. Let's do it. And uh, <laughs> so then I did it and it handled it beautifully. And the system came back and booted, and, and I'm like, uh, "Huh? What? It worked? What is this magic?" <laughs> it's like, yeah, "Yeah, exactly. What is this magic?"
4: There is no magic. There is just a lot of diligence when you do the packaging. Very careful package reviews. I know the Tumbleweed review team; they are really diligent. And there's a lot of automated QA with Open QA we are doing. On this side, by the way, I side with you. Um, I think it was Ryan when you when you said that on the podcast. I think Ryan, was it Ryan who said, oh yeah, I'm doing this with Arch all the time. <laughs> Got him. So
2: here's... The... Well, no, I, the, the, the difference Here... is Arch every day I have 2000 packages.
4: Yeah, but here's the, thing. here's the thing. It's not just the number of packages because if you, you know, if you go from glibc xy.3 to glibc xy.4, and everything rebuilds, then you've got 2,000 packages, or you make it just a a key library changes a little bit with a security fix and a lot is rebuilt. That's also 2,000 packages, but nothing has changed really in terms of configuration or dependencies, et cetera. If you let it sit for eight months, in a rolling release, that's a lot of version changes, dependency yeah. changes, <laughs> build ch- I mean, configuration changes. So to survive that is a bigger feat. And I'm not saying whatever other uh, distro can't do that, but I'm saying surviving <laughs> that is a bigger feat than just measured by the number of packages. Oh, yeah. All
2: right. So Michael he gets has- one. Argument win. I get one argument win. <laughs> We're back
1: to yes. the start here. Yes, this is a new battle. Apparently, so glad that we have got that settled.
3: <laughs> yes, thank goodness.
0: So, uh, Gerald, for those of us who are fans of Open Suze Tumbleweed, uh, what are some of the exciting things coming?
4: You know, I can't really name just one. It's it's just this ongoing. It's this ongoing stream, which which is even for me surprising um, regularly because. Folks are working on this. I mean, all the time. We definitely, I definitely see lots of more machine learning stuff coming in. Um, I know the new health people they actually had a push into leap, which which uh-huh. I find really in, in times like this and in general. I think that's a way where open source can spread from what is more infrastructure and and broadly used applications into more very specific and vertical. And I think healthcare is a very Mm-hmm. Is a very good example where I, I can see a lot of benefits for open source, you know, and the transparency and the security that comes with that.
1: Oh, absolutely. Um,
4: obviously, yeah, new versions of everything and containers. I know on the SUSE side, but also on the community side, so it's just, you know, everything that has a container label, new Kubernetes, et cetera, is ways of managing and scaling containers um, is, is something there's a lot of focus on.
1: Um, yeah, that that is awesome. So we were talking about magic, and it just kind of gave me a a question I wanted to ask, and that is, if you had, it's it's like kind of a, a game experiment, you know, whatever. If you had a magic button that let you instantly make an enhancement or change to Sousa, open Sousa, etc., what would you have it abracadabra? <laughs>
4: This Such is a quote I used this end. in a press interview a couple of a couple of months ago. I used uh, uh, abracadabra. <laughs> 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 I'm smiling. Um, if I had a wish, I would ask to get hundred vouchers for for issues that I could get changed. You know, bug
1: fixes, features.
4: <laughs> give me give me a voucher of hundred things because I will tell you mm. your CTO at SUSE or your chair of Open you still need to pick a number. <laughs> <laughs> not, life is hard sometimes, you know, because if it's anything, anything, anything more on the community side, I have to beg, plead, argue, convince, whatever.
2: Or something I will you would tell pick you.
4: I've sent chocolate to get things changed. Yeah. <laughs> um, and on the Suzy side, it's always, uh, who is the customer? You don't have a customer. You're the customers like, nah, take a number. (laughs) Uh, But, you know, not not as selfish in a way. I would say is I really wish OpenSUSE would get more of the attention, the publicity that I think we deserve or it deserves. Because I think OpenSUSE and the technical feats and the quality and the community is much, much better than, I think, the attention we sometimes get.
2: I would agree In with the, that 100%. I, we, we've talked about it on this show, that it it amazes us, that the incredible work that's done over there from those teams, the stability, uh, the fact you have a rolling option, right? Um, because that was always a big deal for me, uh, with always being on rolling hardware upgrades, as Michael calls it. Uh, You know, I think it is a distro that doesn't get enough attention, but I think the work you're doing here, you know, getting out in front of the community and things is helping with that because I'm hearing it more and more and more. So um, that getting out in front of the community, kind of outside, I guess, in a way, outside of the initial community that you work with every day and out into the open and public, I think it's going to go a long way because anybody who gives SUSE projects a try are going to love it. So,
1: yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that's just amazing like the obs we talked about that like the open qa system blows my mind every time I, I i do some tests with it and you know when i first saw the open the open qa system and i saw that it was doing all these automated tests and then and then it showed and it created videos to demonstrate what the test did I'm like uh what yeah. this is what <laughs> that's so cool
4: and, and actually thank you for for giving some some attention and helping you know helping spread and and you know i know you you promote different distros which is totally cool but i think actually doing that sharing you know this is this is cool here this is cool there um give this a try because of and i think that is really that's really important because that gives different communities different projects just uh, the opportunity to be heard and, oh, and yeah, be used, absolutely.
2: Right? And, and Tumbleweed has helped me win so many arguments as a fan of rolling releases when they're like, Yeah, but rolling can't be stable. I'm like, Let me introduce you to Tumbleweed, my friend, and let's go <laughs> win a lot of those. So, I love that work. So, on our last question, what's next now that OpenSUSE Leap and SLEE are flowing from the same pipeline?
4: Yeah, as I said, I think on my first week at SUSE, the, the first one of the first lessons that I got was after the release is before the release. And so for us, it's really, we have accomplished something. We have brought them together. Now, how can we grow and evolve that together? And how can we bring this closer in terms of collaboration? And so right now is actually planning work going on and, and you know, taking input for, for the next release. How can we open up some more of the tools? How can we open up more bugs? What do we want to accomplish on the leap side, like a KD update, and what's required on the SLEASE side? What do we want to drive on the SLE, from the SLEASE side? Contribute from the sleep side, for example, new kernel version. What may be required on the on the OpenSUSE side? And and for me, open source is only half about the bits and the technology, um, and and the other half is always is the communities and the collaboration. And the ability to influence and the transparency—it's—it's it's those attributes and and growing, you know, growing the enterprise side and and the community side, the open source side, the SUSE Linux enterprise side together. I think that is when we, you know, that is when we're going to bring this to the next level. Um, and then again and again. So for me, it's really that—that's what excites me. I mean, and that's—I can tell you. That's not always easy because there is constraints, there is you know considerations, there is personalities yeah. um, but to me i'm I'm seeing this in progress and and I think for me that is that is the full story and then if we have if we if we continue to evolve on that front and we continue to drive the technology anyway best is true
2: i love it i love it. <laughs> You know, I, I, I think what you're saying has so much merit. We talked about it in our last episode about, you know, a lot of times there's so much great work going on behind these distros, but, and the developers and those folks that are working on it, they're, they're great. They're amazing at what they do from what creation standpoint, but they don't know how to market it. And when you think about when you think about project products that we see on TV and you go, "How did that ever become a product?" You know, I'm thinking pet mm-hmm. rocks here. I'm thinking half the things that are 1995 three easy payments of that you see on television. It's it's all marketing. Someone may have had a way more brilliant idea to solve a problem. Uh, getting out in front and, and talking about this stuff—it's it, not comfortable. I think for a lot of these communities that work behind the scenes, but I think that's where the communities need to bring in people who are uh, willing to get out there and talk about stuff. And and I think about work like Neil and others have done to really. Uh, Nate, for instance, a part of our network, have done to talk about SUSE and the work that they're doing. But to me, that's the key is you guys have doing the brilliant work down pat. Uh, now it's a matter of getting out in front of stuff and and letting people know how brilliant this stuff is. And, and the rest is going to be history uh, from that standpoint.
0: And speaking of which, Gerald, thank you for coming back on the show. Yay! <laughs> 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 and spending some time with us to talk about all the marvelous marvelous work done that the SUSE and Open Susay teams are doing, and yeah. we're very excited to follow your success and look forward to having you back on again soon. Yay! Yes, yeah,
4: absolutely. <laughs> sure, we'll find we'll find an excuse.
0: Yeah, <laughs> We've got
1: new Yay. plushie there. Is
0: that yeah. a new one? The oh, yeah. It's the
1: chameleon. I definitely
4: want it. It's the Right? Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: It's the uh,
4: chameleon. And it's the cow, which is the the rancher. I need load, that one. So it's
1: the <laughs> Yeah, I need one of those too.
4: <laughs> that's really cool. I mean, and there there's a lot of that's actually also you know when we talk about communities, that's one of the things that I'm I'm also excited about is when when you merge two companies, when you merge two engineering teams and and other teams, right? There's a lot of stuff that comes together. There's a lot of experience, ideas, innovation that comes together, and so. The way we can we can pull in together communities, the way we we've been managing to pull together the SUSE side, green side and the blue side,
0: yeah. um,
4: and, and drive innovation. I mean, that's that's fun, you know? Yeah. It <laughs> it's <is> just, fun. that's
2: <laughs> <it's, it's laughs> why you
4: want to be a CTO. Yes. Yeah.
2: <laughs> watching that work come together is brilliant. And again, thank you so much for coming back. Um, and we want to have you back anytime you want, anytime you are yeah. doing another exciting thing. Uh, come back on the show. Let us know about it. We love hearing from you.
1: Sure. Happy to. Thank you for having me. Yay. This episode of Destination Linux is brought to you by Bitwarden. You can get started right now at bitwarden.com slash DLN and get an awesome password manager. Because That's right, Bitwarden is a password manager that provides peace of mind knowing that your online accounts are secure. Well, how does it do that? Well, it's very important to have security these days because you need a different password for every account on every website you sign up to because if there's any kind of breach or a hack or anything that happens to any services and if you use those same passwords on repeatedly over and over, you're going to have a problem but that's where Bitwarden comes in, because they provide tools that allows you to store your passwords into a secured vault, auto-generate those passwords for you, whether you want a password or a passphrase, it'll automatically generate all, both of those. And also, it automatically fills in those passwords for so in, into login forms, so you don't ever have to handle any of that stuff. It just does all this stuff automatically, and it does it across many different types of devices, like your web browser, your mobile apps, desktop applications, even the command line if you want to do that. And Bitwarden seals and encrypts your data with end-to-end encryption before before it ever leaves your devices, so you know that you're the only person who has access to your data. So you can go to bitwarden.com and sl- slash DLN to get started right now with your free account. But I think you want to check out the premium account because it starts at less than $1 per month. That's right, for just $10 per year, you get access to one gigabyte of encrypted file storage, two step login with YubiKey U2F Duo Vault Health Reports. Bitwarden Authenticator for temporary one-time passwords, priority customer service, and so much more. So make the smart move like many of the community have and go to bitwarden.com slash DLN to get your free account. And it also it lets them know that you appreciate them supporting the Destination like podcast and also supporting the open source community. And if you didn't know that, that's right. Bitwarden is 100% open source software, which means that you, as the community can vet and review the code and make sure it's safe as possible. And it's one of the main reasons that I love Bitwarden and was so excited when they decided to become a sponsor of the Destination Linux podcast. So go to bitwarden.com slash DLN and get started. And thanks again to Bitwarden for sponsoring Destination Linux.
0: Okay, we have some awesome news. NVIDIA has made good on its promise and is giving Linux some love. Yay! With the release of the beta driver 470.42.01.
2: Rolls right off the tongue. Finally. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Waiting for this driver.
0: Oh, right. this is exciting. So, why is this such a big deal? This is the driver that contains big improvements for their Wayland support. <laughs>
1: Finally. <laughs> for those who don't know, NVIDIA, but I'm not going to complain you did it. So I'm shut up. Well, <laughs> shut up now. Oh, I mean, yes, We're, we're, we're NVIDIA has had uh, a little bit ups and downs when it comes to the Wayland support. And now we're in the situation <laughs> yeah. where they are now putting in the effort to make that happen, which is awesome. So, again, yeah, we're not complaining. Well done.
0: (laughs) Yes. And also this driver includes NVIDIA's new DLSS or Deep Learning Super Sampling. While this version is enabling DLSS on Windows, Linux users can take advantage of it with games that have it enabled using Steam Play. So cool. Nice. And you know Linux is set to get its own native DLSS support in the coming months as well. So games you can check out to test DLSS include Doom Eternal, No Man's Sky and Wolfenstein Young Blood. And what this does DLSS or Deep Learning Super Sampling It will help increase performance using AI and image upscaling using the tensor cores on the NVIDIA 20 and 30 RTX series GPUs.
2: Well, since nobody can get the 30 series GPUs, we could have just stopped at 20 series, probably.
0: <laughs> yes. Yeah. But support yeah. is important,
1: even if you can't get it. Yeah. So.
0: <laughs> so, Ryan, have you been able to test test this out on any of your 2060 machines? I haven't with this
2: driver yet because it's it's in beta. I don't think it's official. Yeah, it's reached, not, it's experimental. Yeah, I haven't yeah. I haven't downloaded it to do that, but I am very excited to do so because just recently I did a video showing how fast Doom is on my machine. Yes. And I want to do that (laughs) same test with DLSS enabled so that we could literally take the video I did two weeks ago and capture its frame rates and compare it with DLS enabled and see those frame rates. I think it will be very interesting to see the difference here. I think it's awesome to see NVIDIA starting to step up their support. This has been needed for a long time. I've been yelling about it for over a year, but here we are. And mm-hmm. um, I'm, I'm just very excited about this. I'm excited to see Wayland support happen. It's very frustrating because I've been mm-hmm. stuck on... It's not frustrating I'm stuck on the NVIDIA platform, but I haven't been able to upgrade. I haven't been able to try out anybody's new GPUs because they've all been sold out. But being on NVIDIA, not being able to play with Wayland and try out the new things in Wayland it, is mm-hmm. frustrating. And so seeing this allows me uh, some hope that in, nvidia is going to keep this up and we're going to have more and more support in, in linux long term much like intel has done and, and amd has done yeah it's wow, not
1: absolutely. about like he's he's not saying that he's disappointed mm-hmm. by he still have to use nvidia is disappointing that he has to still use the same thing that he already has that's the part <laughs> he just wants <laughs> to right. change it yes. all the time <laughs> every couple of weeks
0: another cool thing from this driver and it's huge for fans of AMD GPUs, is NVIDIA added support for Prime Display Offload, where the display offload sources AMD GPU. So what that means is now you can get NVIDIA Prime and Optimus working with AMD APUs much easier on your laptops. Nice. This is nice. so
3: big. <laughs> yeah.
0: This is amazing. And this will also help you get that battery savings of being able to switch from your power-hungry NVIDIA discrete GPU with that of your onboard AMD APU on your laptop. And live the NVIDIA Prime life like those of us with NVIDIA GPUs and Intel VPUs on the same laptop. (laughs) This is such
2: a disaster from a support standpoint for people who have laptops that are built like this. The forums are inundated with people trying to figure out how to get the handoff to work properly in these cases. And a lot of people are just setting up manual scripts and things, which is great for us geeks. But those just coming into Mm. Linux, what a frustrating experience. I'm so happy NVIDIA has fixed this. Yes, yeah, that is awesome.
1: And also, speaking of the the, the new thing that the NVIDIA announced with like the DLSS, someone in the chat mentioned something I think is very important. First of all, you can try it out in Fedora right now if you want to, Ryan. And also, based on DLSS, uh, they also said maybe that could stand for the Destination Linux Superstore. And I think <laughs> that is a fantastic uh, initialism that we should go with. Or so, yeah. merch. Yeah, check out Destination <laughs> Linux Superstore. Yeah, We're check like out the
2: Super Walmart. <laughs> <from Linux. laughs> exactly.
1: exactly. Yeah. So, check out the, the Destination Linux Superstore at dealinstore.com if you want to check out like, some swag wow. and stuff.
2: <laughs> I need to get you to change that heading right before uh, the end of the show, Michael. All right. So, in our gaming news, so you, you've got this incredible new driver. You want to do some gaming on it. One game you want to check out is Pulsar Lost Colony. If you're a fan of games like No Man's Sky, which I, by the way, mm-hmm. love that game back when everyone was talking so much hate about it because I never listened to what the developers promised. So when I got the game being completely ignorant to all the promises of what it was going to be, I put it in and played it and I was like, I think it's pretty cool. And then I looked at the forums. I'm like, oh my gosh, people hate this. But I'll tell you this about those developers. <laughs> they spent a lot of time on No Man's Sky also fixing all those. And now there's a lot of fans of this game out there. But if you like those type of games, Pulsar Lost Colony is another one to check out. It's really just about exploring space. So if you're into that, going out and exploring with the spaceship, uh, feeling like you're Captain Kirk or Picard, either one's an acceptable answer as the greatest captains ever in the Star Trek universe. This game is for you. The game describes itself like this. Team up to operate a starship and explore a randomized galaxy falling into chaos. Coordination between your crew members is essential to survive the perils that await you. With over 2,700 positive reviews already, you're likely going to have a really good time with this game, and you can team up with up to five players. That means we can have Noah, Michael, me, you all play this game at once. (laughs) Uh, Noah's going, to, of course, have to man the weapons because we know he just wants to fire at stuff, and then the rest (laughs) of us can figure out uh the other task that we I'll have. be captain. <laughs> get,
1: of course. You can, no. What? You
2: cannot be captain. Yes. obviously Jill and me will will be captain and co-captain. Shh. Shh. You're going to be the janitor, <laughs>
1: Michael. Uh no, no, that's that's not how this works. Or <laughs> chef. You I, could be the chef. he's
0: our chief engineer.
1: Yeah, I mean <laughs> I mean that's that's slightly better, but I mean uh, but when I when we you, you you mentioned we were covered on the show and I was like, uh I'll I'll check this out. It was instantly like it's it's like a star trek thing uh yeah yeah let, i yeah. want to play it now hey ryan can we play it right now we want to stream it you want to stream it you want to stream it he's like calm down we, we're we're gonna get to <laughs> we'll <it>. get there. <laughs> we're gonna we get, get, get there
2: like well me but, and michael have well, we been doing streaming. pop-up streams lately so you yeah, better be you paying have. attention to our channels because we <laughs> may just pop up and be playing this uh michael's going to be the janitor or captain chef, and captain I will captain the <laughs> ship captain You have offline single-player mode, customizable AI crew bots. We could probably have a bot. We can name a bot after you, Michael, if you want to.
1: (laughs) Well, as long as it says
2: Captain. After all,
0: it's Michael AI. It's Michael AI
2: bot. Yeah, we can play with the (laughs) AI bot. You can teleport to other ships, loot planets and stations, board enemy ships, VR mode with motion controller support, which was really cool as well. And it's on sale right now on the Steam summer sale. So if all of that sounds interesting to you, You can go pick it up Mm -hmm. for a
1: deal. I like how in the in the chat we got someone saying he could have it be the chief sanitation engineer. Like great (laughs) sanitation.
3: (laughs) He
2: takes out garbage. Perfect.
3: And Noah can go photon torpedoes away. I'm fine as long as I can shoot someone.
1: I'm gonna
3: get any graphics card, it can be I just doesn't matter. Yeah.
1: Yeah. (laughs) That's perfect. That's perfect. I'll be captain. All right. Anyway. (laughs) Also, Uh, something you want to be captain on. Now you can be a captain of software building with the software spotlight we're going to cover this week, and that is the Open Build Service. So the OBS, the Open Build Service, is something that the, the Open SUSE team and SUSE make where it is fantastic. It lets you make, Amazing. be able to build multiple packages all from the same spec file. And what I mean by multiple, multiple packages, I mean you can build use this to be able to build packages of course for SUSE and OpenSUSE, but you can also use it to build uh, packages for Fedora, Debian, Arch, Uh, Ubuntu and many, many other distributions. You don't
2: get any more community than that. Yeah.
1: They, they they have a service where you can build the packages and have it for whatever distro you want basically and also in addition to that it's not just packages for the distro, for the distros you can also get uh, build uh, image based pack uh, uh, container packages and stuff like that so you can build stuff for docker you can also build stuff for flat packs app images and so much more so check it out build.opensusa.org of course we'll have a link in the show notes but the open build open build service is just an amazing thing that the SUSE team has built for the community and i think that if you are interested in all in building software and doing packaging you would definitely want to check it out
3: we, our interview has maybe amped you up to try OpenSUSE, and if so, perhaps you want to check out what additional packages might be there. You can do that with the additional package repository. It's called Pac-Man, and it contains the largest external repository of open, uh, OpenSUSE packages. Essentially, there are four main repositories, Essential, Multimedia, Extras, and Games. So to enable this, you simply launch Yes, go into the software repositories, click on the Add, choose the Community Repository, and search for Pac-Man, K-M-A-N. You'll have access to the plethora of community-supported packages to enhance your open source experience. Give that a shot. If you'd like to learn more about getting if you're just getting started with Linux, then we invite you to go back and listen to our past tips and tricks segment where we covered practically everything under the Linux sun.
2: Well, a huge thank you to everyone for watching or listening. However you do it, we love your faces. And if you want more content like this, you can become a patron on Patreon or sponsors. And they get to be behind the scenes in our 650,000 square foot virtual stadium and get perks like unedited versions of the show, live recordings of the destination every Sunday, and they get to hang out and in, in chat during the interviews while we're doing the show. Make fun of Michael. You get to do all of that. <laughs> I mean, that's the biggest perk and you get to come and hang out with all of us. So consider becoming a patron and getting all
1: of those perks. Also, apparently a perk of the show, being a host on it, to be able to do that, too. Yeah, <laughs>
3: that's true. Yeah. Show up. In addition, every Sunday at 1 p.m. Eastern, we're now live at dealinlive.com. The best part? Everyone is invited to watch the Making Fun of Michael each and every... No, I'm just kidding. The recording <laughs> Destination Linux each and every week. Hey, we can't wait to see you in the show.
1: And also, go right now to the DLN Superstore, the, DL- the Destination Linux Superstore, or DLSS or whatever the dealinestore.com where you can get swag like t-shirts mugs hoodies stickers aprons, backpacks, all sorts of great stuff, and especially the the mugs where you can put the spice of life, a.k.a. coffee, or that thing (laughs) that they like, bubbly, whatever. You can put that in there, too, if you want to. But go to dealinstore.com to check out all the great stuff that you can get for the Destination Linux Network that is including uh, Destination Linux Podcast, also Pseudo Show, Hardware Addicts, Ask Noah Show, stuff like that, all sorts of great stuff at the Destination Linux Network store, dealinstore.com.
0: And, yeah, we have so many awesome shows here on the Destination Linux Network. We have the Pseudo Show, the Ask Noah Show, This Week in Linux, the DOS Geek Channel. (laughs) We're all dabbing. Yes deal in extend hardware addicts gamesphere and get your fedora hat on with our latest show the fedora podcast so go to destinationlinux.network and subscribe to all these shows to keep those penguins marching and the full monty of linux and open source awesome sauce everybody have a wonderful week and remember that the journey itself is just as important as the destination thanks everyone
1: (laughs) nice I also like uh, I love I love how you have a, like, the people who are listening to the audio and the video version she has a, 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 marching a, a geeko marching across the, the screen It's fantastic.
2: Very cool. Everyone in the patrons turn on your mics, turn on your video if you want to yep. chill and hang out with us. I think Gerald's still here with us.
0: Yeah. Awesome.
2: Thank you Gerald for hanging out as well. And those on YouTube, Twitch, wherever you're watching, if you have questions or anything, shoot them out in chat. We'll ask away for you.
0: Yay.